I read to you from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 9 through 11. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, and edify one another, even as also ye do. We have been forced by the providence of God and the ignorance of some to consider the subject of preterism and to deny it and refute it by the Bible. I'm thankful for God's providence, and I hope that we are always thankful for it, even when it involves some negative event that may affect us in a poor way. Overall, the Lord has great wisdom and mercy in it for us if we'll but humble ourselves before it. It is. It has forced us from a different vantage point to consider the great things that are yet in store for the saints of the Most High God. And those things are the physical, literal, bodily, visible return of the Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrection of all dead bodies and our glorification in those bodies, the great day of judgment in which we shall be judged absolutely, perfectly, finally, and eternally righteous through Jesus Christ's death, resurrection, and righteousness for us, and the renovation of the universe for us to live together with Him in a splendid, perfect place. These are things that we believe that are yet future, and the Bible declares them future. And to even think for one second that these four events took place in 70 A.D. is to altogether miss the declarations of the Bible and to be foolishly ignorant, naive, and blind to the state of the world that we're in today. I'm so thankful for those things. When it says that we should live together with Him in verse 10, it involves all four of those things. He has to come and get us so that where He is, there we may be also. He has to resurrect us from the dead because without our bodies, we're not truly us. Because we're three-part beings that require our bodies. It includes the great day of judgment because unless we're judged righteous by the Lamb's book of life, we can't be with Him in heaven because it is a holy place and only those that are holy are there. And He is going to inhabit a new heavens and a new earth It's all wrapped up in that statement that we should live together with Him. When we look at the ninth verse, it says, God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. And there is the determining, the predestinating purpose of God in our salvation. He has determined that some will be children of wrath, vessels of wrath, as we learn in Romans 9, 22 through 24. But others are vessels of mercy. And those are us, brethren, He has appointed us to obtain salvation. And there's a means to salvation. It's the means of the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. That's the means. It's by God's predestinating election that assigns us by name and individual individuals to it. But it's Jesus Christ that obtained it for us. By our Lord Jesus Christ, we have no stock in Pope, Cardinal, Archbishops, Bishops, 
priests, nuns, anything but the Lord Jesus Christ. We put our confidence nowhere but in Him. And we want to declare that today and be reminded of that today. It is a shame that so much has been lost from the consciousness of Christians today, including us. And I want to spend some time today reminding us of things that ought to be part of our conscious awareness that Jesus Christ only is our Savior. He is our all in all. And it is God's appointment to that salvation that makes it even possible. And it's God raising up the Lord Jesus Christ. God is our Father. So we call no man Father on earth. Jesus Christ is the great shepherd of the sheep. So the Pope is no shepherd at all. And we can go, you want a bishop for your souls? Who who does the Bible say is the bishop of your souls? The Lord Jesus Christ. Who is the apostle of our profession? Hebrews 3.1 The Lord Jesus Christ. Who is our high priest? We have no other priest. The Lord Jesus Christ. And we can go on and on with the descriptive statements made in the Bible about the Lord Jesus Christ, and then we can recognize that there has been an enemy for a long time that has taken that authority and those names and those titles and the means of salvation away from Christ and away from God's appointment and taken it to himself and deluded and deceived, yea, over a trillion, even in the world today. We are so blessed. And though we be few in number, the truth of God has always been followed by a few in number. And we should be so thankful for it. We should be thankful for God's appointment to salvation. And that salvation, according to Second Thessalonians 2, in the context you read last night, includes sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. So that we have been saved from the strong delusion sent on others. We're thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. And He doesn't die on Catholic altars this day, even though they claim to reenact the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't have the real presence. I'll tell you where the real presence of the Lord Jesus Christ is. It's in heaven at the right hand of God. And by His Spirit, the seven spirits of the book of Revelation, He is also among His churches. The Spirit of the Lord Christ is with us. But the real presence of the Lord Jesus of Nazareth is at the right hand of God. There are so many errors, countless heresies, invented by the man of sin and the little horn of Rome against the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. These things used to be preached from many pulpits, not just Baptists. And it's it's been lost. And we are few in number around the world that still understand the Bible prophecies of the greatest enemy of Bible Christianity there has ever been, and it is certainly not Islam. Anybody who's read a Bible doesn't defect to Islam. Whether we wake or sleep, it doesn't matter whether we're dead or alive at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not going to hinder Him in the least degree at raising us from the dead and uniting us with Him to be with Him forever in the presence of God. And we should comfort ourselves together with these things, with God's appointment, with Christ's death, with whether we wake or sleep, No matter if we die, it doesn't make a bit of difference to God our Father and to our Savior Jesus Christ. We should comfort and edify one another as we do, but let's be even better at it. Let us bow our heads and ask our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior 
for His blessing upon us today. We thank Thee, Lord of heaven and earth, and we are bound to be thankful that Thou hast chosen us and appointed us to obtain salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ, the sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, that we have been saved from hell, the devil, and the deceitful delusions of the man of sin. We are blessed abundantly, and we praise Thee and thank Thee. Though we be few in number, we thank Thee that there is in heaven the general assembly of saints whose names are written in the book of life, and we shall soon join them one way or another. And Heavenly Father, whether we wake or sleep, we are thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ shall descend from heaven Himself with a shout, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be judged righteous out of the book of life of the Lamb slain. And Heavenly Father, we shall enjoy the liberty of the sons of God as the universe is renovated and delivered from the bondage of corruption that weighs upon it at this hour. We thank Thee for teaching us and showing us these things. Bless us this day to comfort one another and to edify one another with these things. Lest we be drawn away with the error of the wicked, whether it be theological, ecclesiological, or social pleasure, as this is what they call their Super Bowl Sunday. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that we have a victor and a winner in the Lord Jesus Christ that excels every winner, whether military, political, or athletic, that the world has ever seen. And we thank Thee that He is our brother and our Savior, that He sits in heaven seated because He is a victor, but He shall rise from His seat and come and take us out of this world and destroy it with flaming fire. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that we know such things. We do not ascribe them to 70 A.D. at all. We ascribe them, Heavenly Father, to a day yet to come when we shall adore Him because we are believers of the gospel. And, O Lord, increase our faith, increase our hope, our peace, our joy, our love of such an appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ that we might be like our brother Paul and that we might be like those Thessalonians who were waiting for your Son from heaven. Heavenly Father, we are waiting this day. But until then, we shall lift our voices in song. We shall lift our voice in preaching. And we pray that you would open our ears, our hearts, and our minds to receive the things that you have for us that we might be edified and built up in the most holy faith, that we might be established in those things believed by our fathers who laid down their lives at the hands of the little horn of Rome. Heavenly Father, we thank You for saving us from so much. We thank You for forgiving our sins legally and practically. And we thank You that there shall be a day when we shall be delivered even from the presence of sin. It shall no more taint our worship of Thee, for we shall be holy, holy in body, soul, and spirit. Be with Thy servants and saints in every place. Preserve our nation. Receive our thanksgiving for all things spiritual and natural. And Heavenly Father, be among us this day by the power of Your Holy Spirit, for it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen.